Welcome to Relaunch Live Podcast. Relaunch Live Podcast. Talking all things real estate, the strategies that build it, and sharing their own life-changing growth plans. They are two of the most dynamic people in the business with one common goal. To make you rethink, reimagine, and be re-inspired in your life and business. Welcome to the Relaunch Live Podcast with your hosts, Veronica Figueroa and Jeff Lobb. Hey, welcome back to the Relaunch Live Podcast. I'm Jeff Lobb, and I am missing my other co-host today, Veronica Figueroa. But she is off doing some awesome things in life today, so I'm super happy for her today. But I am joined by an amazing guest either way. We've got Lindsay Stevens joining us today from uh, is that kind of upstate new york now would you call that upstate or quite not quite there yet yeah i mean we call it upstate but people that are truly upstate would say we're downstate, downstate. we're about that yeah we're about 90 miles north of manhattan so that's right yeah so uh, to me it's upstate right from from a jersey guy of um, so welcome uh, to our show this is all about being re-inspired uh and kind of re-inventing in the, the business of real estate and you know we want to talk about so many things and I've, I've learned about your, your past. And I guess what I really want to start out with, with you is really understanding is how you actually got into the real estate space. How did you get here? Because that story alone, just of how people get started is, is the good story in itself. Yeah. I would say like sort of by accident, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is probably what a lot of people say. Oops. I, I, uh, I was working in New York city at the time. I was telling Veronica not that long ago, my dream was to be the next Jerry Maguire. I have a background in sports management. I went yeah. to school to be in the sports industry. That's what I thought I wanted to do. I love sports. I'm an athlete. Um, and I worked, you know, I worked for free, 80 hour, 90 hour work weeks in the city, grinding my way into the industry and uh, ultimately realized that it wasn't the place for me to be it, to be. Yeah. And um went into the banking, uh, you know, I worked for Morgan Stanley. So I went into the banking industry, was there for five years, was in the banking industry when the market melted down. So I was at Morgan Stanley at the time and watched thousands of employees get escorted out of the building, watched their lives just, you know, be taken away from them in an instant. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to quit. And uh, quit my job in the city, which, and I was nine months, eight and a half months pregnant at the time. So looking back was kind of foolish. But uh, my husband was a principal broker of a small independent real estate office. And uh, he was like, you should get licensed. So I did, thinking I would just get licensed and it would be whatever, you know, I'd have my baby and go back to doing what I wanted to do. And here I am almost 13 years later. Wow. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it's interesting because my son is going through a very similar, he's in sports management, graduating this year, and I'm going to have to make sure he listens to this podcast because um, I'm sure there's going to be that battle of what do you do next, right? How do you end up in real estate? And then not only you ending up, how do you like really thrive and just be such a huge success? Because um, right now the market's a little challenging for some people right now. So they're seeing some lumps and bumps, but, um, but more importantly, you're a mom, you've got several children, right? You got two, two daughters. Yep. Two daughters. Two daughters. Ages? Uh, nine and nine and twelve. Uh the twelve yeah. is always that magical time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get a little middle school. Middle school. <laughs> I know. 
Um, so how did you evolve now? The upstate New York market's always a bit, you know, unique in itself, right? It's um, how did you evolve once you got into real estate? If you, there was any times that you say were critical in your success of where you are today, where, where was that? What, what phase of your career? I think it's all, it's an evolution. You know, I think it's in that people don't trust the process and understand it really truly is a long game, you mm -hmm. know, and, and I tell people that when I meet them, like if you're just in it for the paycheck and the commission, this is not the business for you. Right. You know, it really truly is the business of relationships and building relationships and nurturing relationships with people. And I understood that, like, I love people. I lead with my heart and I understood the people that I was helping in the first phase of my business would follow me through, you know, the transition, all the transitions. So at the time, nobody, you know, we're in upstate. So we're in a town of 7,000 people. There's not a big population yeah. and nothing was selling. You know, I got my license. I had no idea what to expect. So I guess that was a good thing because there truly was nothing, no inventory was moving at the time. And uh, we identified that in order to make money with two people on commission only businesses that we needed to pivot. So we started renting out people's homes rather than trying to sell them. Mm -hmm. And we birthed uh, a sister ancillary business, a property management company during that recession. And all of the sellers that we had at the time who couldn't sell were like, let us put qualified tenants in there. Let us cover your monthly expenses. Let us get you out from underneath this because they're all underwater. They're, everybody was underwater. That's right. Um, so, you know, we've actually for the last 10 years have managed these properties for them and kept good qualified tenants in them and just covered their mortgages until, you know, the pandemic. And I called them. I'm like, listen, this is your time, <laughs> is you it? know, you're right side up. This is the time because they've been waiting for so many years to, you know, get out from under these properties. So, you know, we sold a lot of their inventory during the pandemic also. Yeah. Which was crazy. We go into this pandemic thinking, you know, our whole world's turning upside down yet real estate thrived. Right. So, which is as crazy as that could be, we can't go out and see people, but business is going to boom. So, you hit a couple, you hit a point that really resonates with me. And I, I run into so many agents across the country that frustrate me sometimes that they don't want to even spend the time working with the person that has that rental property or though just the rental, not enough money. It's too much time. You know, who has that kind of time to spend on rentals? And I get almost like such a negative thing. And yet here is where you spent time simply helping people, right? Help people. And, and, then, and I and, say that I built a real estate business on rentals. Right. You know, like, because I'll do anything. I'll sell anything. I don't care what the money, what the amount is. It's a rental. It's, you know, a mobile home. It's a million dollar home. Like I'll move it. Right. And all of those people who were landlords or tenants became sellers and became buyers. And, you know, it's, again, it's the long game. The long game. And yeah. you have, and so many right now are struggling. And I hope they really listen to this, especially, you know, they might've only been in the business two, three, four years they went through this little boom, but now they're coming back to hardcore. Like, I don't know how to go find business right now or what do I do? And you're right. Doing the hard work, that long-term game is so important because it's not going to be that instant Amazon effect of your revenue right now, right? It's not right now, 
but you're going to have to do all the things, like you said, earn that respect of people. And yeah. They'll follow, they'll follow you. And the trust. And trust, right? So I, I'm, I'm intrigued about your um, being an athlete because I treat real estate as a sport. I say all the time, but I would love to know, Hey, what did you play? And then how does that help? How did it help you evolve? And tell me more about your athletics and business combined. Yeah. So I'm a runner. I ran uh, at UMass Amherst, which is, you know, again, I'm a small town girl. So you're a good athlete in a small town until you're an athlete at a D1 college, then you're a really bad athlete <laughs> yeah. in a group of really good athletes. So I got humbled real quick. Um, yeah, so I, I've been a runner my whole life. I ran cross country, I ran track. And, uh, you know, I feel like my life, so much of my life was learned on the track or on the trails, just how, you know, how to work hard, how to practice, how to be coached. Like I'm, I'm the perfect student. You tell me what to do. I'll, I'll do it. I love to be coached. And, uh, you know, again, just continuing to show up day after day and putting the work in and when it's cold or you don't feel good or you're tired, you show up. So I, I always say like every metaphor of my life com comes from being an athlete. And I, I same, I treat business like a sport, you know, yeah. you can't, I said the other day to somebody, I'm like, you can't win on the sidelines. You have to win on the field with your team. You know, you have to win with the people that are going to the defense and the offense and the tight ends and the quarterback. Like that's how you win. Yep. And that's why I know, I know you do a lot of coaching yourself too, in, in your, you know, industry as well. So, you know, while we coach and I think one of the biggest um, comments we made recently was talking about somebody very similar to the sport. And someone kind of nicely challenged me on a statement that I said, and I said something like, we have to stop negotiating with ourselves. We negotiate with ourselves too much. We were, we were talking about their, you know, what does their week look like and why aren't they doing the activities they know they should be doing? And they negotiate with themselves and talk themselves right out of doing the hard work, right? Just like you showing up the days you don't want to run in the rain, the days you don't want to run in the cold, right? All those days, but you still go do it because you chose not to negotiate with yourself. And um, someone called me out on it. I'm like, well, give me an example. Like, well, how do you do it? Like, and I, I truly, I coach like kids lacrosse now, right? And we did have that same scenario. It's cold in New Jersey right now. We had a crappy rainy night. I had a long day from hell. And did I really feel like going standing in the cold rain coaching that night? And on a muddy field, to be honest, and the, to, on top of it all. And I didn't. I really did not want to do it. But you know what? We play in the rain. We play in the cold. And we're going to have a game that comes in. Who am I to say, let's cancel because it's going to make me more comfortable as their coach and let the kids off the hook because they all complained and they all whined about it. But they but did it. Our, but we did it because we're going to have a game that's going to do that and that's going to make them tougher. So I love that you you say that because it's it really is a sport. And business. when I start talking myself out of things, and I think this comes from like a real estate industry that didn't move, I'm like, you know, I don't want to go or I'm not going to go. And then I, immediately I'm like, it'll be this, this will be the showing that they make the million dollar offer. This, you know, like <laughs> the opportunity will present itself. And if I'm not there, someone else is going to win, you know, right. and it's true. Like if you don't show up, somebody else is going to show up. That's right. That's right. Showing up. So, I mean, you built such a great culture. Tell me more about your culture, you know, your team and what made you who you are, like as a team and what you do. Yeah. I, um, you know, I always say we look, 
it's passion and purpose. You know, we're here to change people's lives and do good for people. And I always say like, I'm a humble, small town mountain girl, like, and I'll never, or I, you know, it's a commitment of mine to never lose that part of me because as we scale and grow, like that's still who I am at the core. And I don't care how much you produce or how much money you make, if you're not doing the right thing and treating people the way they deserve to be treated, like you don't have a place here on this team. So, you know, I, I always say like, you lead with your heart, you do the right thing first, you, the money will come, yes. you know, the right thing is always the right thing. And I've looked so many people in the eyes and said, listen, if it's not right, it's okay. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. uh, you know, as, as a leader, and I know you're, you're really big on leadership. Um, did you ever have someone on your team that didn't fit that you had to, had to kind of remove? How do, you, yeah. how do you handle that? So many people struggle there and um, you get that producer or someone that's even fairly good, but they're not a fit for you. They're not that person. What do you do as a leader? They need to go, you know, because one person it's true. Like they can poison the well and we've had it, you know, and sometimes it's, it's hard. It's difficult conversations. I don't love them. You know, I'm again, like I'm really like, I love people. So it's hard for me sometimes to have those difficult conversations, but the culture can be poisoned very, very quickly, yeah. you know, and, and if you allow it to continue, then it really, it affects, it affects the team. It affects the culture. It affects the organization. It's like, you got to almost instantly address the. Uh, is it like a rip the bandaid off or is it something that you have to kind of work up to and build up to? Because some yeah, people I mean, kind of. We yeah. we've had both like we've had people that truly are just toxic for the environment and they have, they've got to go, yeah. you know, and we've had people that aren't doing what they need to be doing. And the other agents are watching and expecting something to be changed. Mm -hmm. And that's where we as a leader have to have the difficult conversation and say, listen, you have 30 days to make adjustments on these things that are not, you know, you're not meeting the standards and the expectations and there's agents that are holding us accountable to you. So we need to, you know, you got to step up or step, step off. That's right. And that's where, that's where a lot of the coaching comes in, right? You got to not only be a coach, but you have to be coachable or you yeah. have to be a student. You have to be coachable. Yeah. Um, you know, most of this business, whether we like to say it or not, is, is a mental game. It's a mental game of preparation. It's a, it's a mindset. Um, I know, some backstory about you do a lot of, you know, self-care, meditation, visualiz visualization. Can you take us through that? I think there's a big weak spot in preparing because people don't think they need to. They could just get up and go. Yeah. I don't prepare. Tell us some of the things you do. Yeah. I, years ago, I mean, when I was living in the city, I um, started being really aware of, you know, met, we could go really like go. juju on here. <laughs> Um, you know, visualization, meditation, the ask, believe, receive actually at the time was when I was working 90 hours a week. I was young, you know, I was partying my tushy off. I was just like, I was burning the candle at both ends mm, nice. and I was having debilitating panic attacks at the time. Like, okay. yeah. And I, um, you know, I started going to lunchtime meditation in the city and that's what I would do. I'd leave Morgan Stanley and go sit in these rooms and be like, what the hell am I doing here? 
But then the ask, believe, receive, the visualizing of what I want, the vision boards. And, you know, you just put, and I don't know at the time if it just made me feel like reconnected to myself and talked me off the cliff, but I, I continued on it. You know, I ran the New York City Marathon in 2009 with a necklace that said ask, believe, receive on it. And, you know, I just like felt like things were happening that I wanted and, you know, your mindset and staying positive and being in a positive place, even when you don't want to be, and just really, truly like manifesting what you want. Like, and I think a lot of that is clarity, like being really clear on what you want. And sometimes, you know, like cutting things out and putting them on a poster board is fun, but, yeah. you know, you're looking at those things every day and you're remembering why you're doing, why you're playing in the rain. And why you're showing up when you don't want to, because there's only one way to get the things you really want in life is through like just putting the work in. Yeah. I think yeah. people forget that there's no shortcut. You know, I wish there was, but yeah. there's really not. Yeah, I would love to find the shortcut, but I haven't found one yet either after 36 years or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there has to be something something personal that you have vested, you know, that vision and yeah, vision boarding is a very, you know, important thing. Um, it's like, what do you do with that vision board once you have it or, you know, and you know, I've always, I was uh, some transparency about me. I was a big non-believer back in the day about putting stuff out to the universe that ask and the believe and the receive. I, I was a non-believer. I just did that. Ah, it's, it's a bunch of like, you know, the hoax. Hoax, the hoax. And I, and I was proven so wrong by um, one of the leaders that I worked for many years ago that made me go through the process and made me, you know, commit in front of them. This was the CEO of a big company and I did it and I laminated it and I put it in my pocket and I, yeah, okay, whatever. Till about, oh, seven years later, I was sitting there during a move of our own home going through boxes of stuff and I found that laminate. And I'm I sat there. That came true. Oh my God. It was four out of five on both sides, business and personal. And not only did it come true, I never forget sitting on the floor by myself, just going through stuff. Like if I, rare, I have quiet time, but I was going through it and I sit there and I looked at that lamination and I said, holy cow, I cannot believe these all happened. I'm not even sure how they happened. And ever from that point on, it's been something I do on a personal level where I actually carry it with me at all times. I have multiple copies laminated uh, in my pocket or in my bag. And it's with me all the time. Um, there's times I could just, just feel it in my pocket. I know about it. I know the why. There's something very personal attached to it for me. I made it very personal. And it's a huge belief I have right now. So I'm thrilled to hear. Mine is here. Yeah. So I, I took a picture of it and it's my lock screen on my phone. So every time I unlock my phone, I look at it. So That's yeah, we awesome. did these. Actually, Veronica was involved with the like the visualization workshop we did. And then we all did vision boards. And yep. so, yeah, I, um, mine's my screensaver on my phone. That's a great place to put it. Cause I can imagine how many times a day you must. Too many. It sits in your subconscious and it, it, it never made sense to me. It really didn't. And sometimes I don't have an explanation for it either, but I just know that it has worked and, so, and has continued to work. Not at a hundred percent, we're never going to have a hundred. There's no perfect in this, right? In this world, in this business. Nope. Um, so, you know, where are you headed next? Like what's your next, what's your aspirations for the next five years? Like, what are you, what are you focused on? 
Yeah, I feel like I always say we're just getting warmed up. You know, yeah. I spent a good chunk of the beginning of my business being a mom and raising my kids and being in a recession. So, but when the market shifted, we were ready. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we have a great team of agents. We're expanding pretty rapidly now where I've always been like, no, we're boutique. We're going to stay, you know, that Navy SEAL team. And then, okay, no, that's not going to work. We can't stay, you know, we can't service everybody by staying this small little Navy SEAL team. So, you know, we're expanding, we're growing. And with the growth, obviously, just the ability to help more families, help more people, change more people's lives. So yeah, we're taking on a lot of new agents. We just landed the Zillow Flex account, which is pretty new in our market. Yeah, so that's brand new. I'm like, Flex will never come here. I mean, there's, you know, 200 people that live here. But so yeah, just, you know, growth, growth. But again, like growth with really like the awareness of staying true to who we are and, you know, just making sure we do the right thing for our people. Are you going to go out? Are you going to just expand in the state or are you going to actually go outside your, your physical area or are you going to kind of just expand it from within? Yeah, I think we're going to, you know, we're going to expand pretty rapidly within the state of New York. And then, you know, I'm actually looking at places to expand my life personally. You know, we both have a place in the Adirondacks and, you know, I've always toyed with the idea of maybe Florida. So you know, just right now, focus is on New York State and expanding beyond, you know, the counties that we currently service and having leaders in different markets that are, you know, you're the you're the leader of our organization in Ulster County, Orange County, Dutchess County, and, and helping people just rise up and lead people under them also. So it's it's really kind of then a, a matchmaking game of finding new leaders that you can help grow leaders. Yeah. Right? If you can grow leaders under your culture. That helps the expansion of it, not just necessarily agents. So it's leadership, yeah, building downward to help train them and understanding that you know you being on this team is not a life sentence. You know what yeah. I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. we, no one's holding you here. We want to see you grow and scale and move off the team and build your own team. Like that's our that's our goal for people. See, that's such an intimidation for others because some people don't want them to be equal or better, or to almost be their competitor at some point in time. And that's a, that's a hard leadership thing to find is they become so good. They could be, they could become your competitor, but rather why not have them be an extension of you? Why don't you work yeah. out an arrangement to be an expansion of that versus just leaving altogether? Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I'd love to get a little granular more on the, more on the sales and marketing side, if you don't mind. Um, can we share some things that your team's using tools, resources, um, what you like and don't like in the team as far as systems and lead sources? What are you guys doing? Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll go like real basic, I guess we use Slack for our communication channel within the organization. I love it. Yep. Um, I asked the team before nine o'clock every morning to shoot a video of themselves because we try and get everybody really comfortable on video and we call it goals and gratitude. And it's their one goal for the day, right? So we, we've identified the fact that agents can accomplish or should accomplish one thing specifically yeah. per day. Um, so we're like, it's only one. We can do this. Small, small way. Now, so hold on a second. I want to, so tell me more about that. That's amazing. So they're shooting a video about their gratitude and they're putting it in the Slack channel. So is it, yeah. to, them, is it to themselves? Is it just to the universe? Who are they talking to? The whole team. 
whole team. So the whole yep. team. Yeah. So we, it's kind of our morning huddle that we've okay. like moved over to a video platform where you're declaring your one thing for the day and the one thing that you're grateful for. So again, like coming from a place of gratitude every day and it could be the sun is shining and I'm moving my body and I'm yeah. alive, whatever, right. which, right. you know, um, and the, the one thing. So they're expected to obviously, and then they're accountable to the team, what they've declared they're expected to complete. So, yeah, we love Slack in that way. Our calendar is integrated into Slack. So everything that's happening for the week is on a team calendar. They get on Monday, the full gamut of what's happening for the week. And then every day, seven o'clock in the morning, the calendar is sent out to the, the team. This is what's happening today. Scripts and dialogues at one o'clock. So nobody can say, oh my God, I wasn't aware. I didn't know. Oh, uh, you did, okay. but. <laughs> you did. So scripts um, and dialogues are virtual or live or how are you doing them now? So we do. So Monday we do a mastermind on Zoom at one o'clock. Tuesday, we do an in-person sales meeting at noon. We also will bring in guest speakers, um, which we'll often encourage to feed everybody. The agents love to be fed, so come in with lunch. <laughs> um, Thursdays, we do scripts and dialogues in person or you know, on Zoom too, but we love to be face-to-face. -face. Yeah. So yeah, we try and just do as much training as possible and keeping the agents engaged. And we do a lot, a lot on Slack also. Yeah. Scripts and dialogues are huge as far as um, being able to get them to, to do it live, right? Because it's yeah. the fear of saying it and doing it. But it's such a help when you can get people to show up and do it because, it, you know, you say it in such a different way and then I hear it a different way and then I hear it another way and then it becomes my own. Um, so I think that's a huge win for you guys to be able to do that and pull that off. I think so many people struggle there. And we put them back to back. So there's, you know, it's, we call so it. They don't see each other. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, that's, a, that's a good we strategy. Call it the scripts and dialogues battles. So yeah, <laughs> we put them back to back and you know, it's fun. Yesterday we did objections. We kind of switched it up and just went through like just specific objections. People are feeling, you know, the market is tight. Like it's, it's challenging to be a buyer's agent right now in this market. So Right. And to, for, for people listening that, that don't do this, because this sounds, I mean, this is a really, really um, good strategy you're sharing, but it's, go back to the sports. It's like showing up for the game without having any practice, right? You didn't read the playbook, but I'm going to show up game day. Like yeah. to go out and handle objections that you're not comfortable with, or to get stuck on answering a question to make a client feel comfortable about using you and your team is so bad for business because you're not only hurting yourself and your own name, but the team and the brand that goes with it because you just don't know. And it's okay to not know. It's okay yeah. to not know, yeah. but you're offering to share five different ways or more to do it differently. Here's yeah. another way to say it. Here's another way to say it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a great, great nugget for people listening right now. You have um, to practice and you can't practice on your client. No. And I think that's something agents don't understand is that you really have to practice and it's okay to practice. I think agents want to just assume they know everything and like, I love not knowing things and I'm the first person to say, I, I'm not sure, but I'll right. find out. Right. And there's a big difference of scripts being read. Like you can go to Google and find scripts all day long. 
it's different about, and we do this in some of our uh, platforms that we use too, is when we interview people live, we role play live because I will learn more so how you say it and how you say it makes me feel differently based on your tone and the way you said it all has an impact on the sales process. Yeah. So we have to listen to how you feel after it's said, because I could, I could truly, you know, see the difference in people saying something differently, same verbiage, but different tone, different approach. One's going to feel magical about it. And the other's going to feel like, wow, that was kind of off. So yeah, I, I love the practice. What else are you guys using? Um, um, we use, yeah, we use follow-up laws for CRM. Our back end is YLOPO. Yep. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, we love, we actually were with Chime. We moved over to follow-up laws uh, like in the, I think the fourth quarter. Yeah. Of last year. Yep. So we really great CRM. Um, what else are we using? Obviously we use Slack. We get Zillow for, Flex now for inbound leads, right? So that's, yeah. that's thing. Yeah. Um, and we do, you know, we do the op cities, we do the Ojos, we do all of them, ideal agent, home light, you know, wherever. So we'll, right. we'll be, we'll be a part of all of it. And, uh, we have an inside sales agent that focuses, you know, pretty heavily on outbound lead generation. Okay. And obviously what we're all feeling it across the country is just a serious lack of inventory for buyers. Yeah. So trying to, you know, really get the agents to find opportunities outside of the MLS right now. Off market. Yeah. Off market stuff. And then is your ISA in-house or did you, is it in-house? Awesome. Yeah. Hard, hard to find really good ISAs in house too. It took, um, it took a while. Yeah. It's quite magical. You did. Cause it's, yeah. it's a good find. It really is a good find. Um, man, if there was a piece of advice for someone and cause just for time purposes, I want to keep this to 30 minutes for us. Cause I could really ask you questions for the next two hours, but, um, you know, if there was some advice, people that are coming through this challenging market right now, um, their mindsets are off. They're frustrated. They're not sure if they can even survive and thrive in this business. Um, and they came to you and said, Lindsay, what, what would you do? What would, yeah, what I mean, would you give them? We had this conversation yesterday. You got to breathe. You know, you got to breathe and you have to be positive. It goes back to the positivity. And, and remember, like, put yourself in the buyer's shoes. You know, it's, it's challenging. And I came from, you've been in the business, you know, 38 years you know, I got licensed in 09. I, I'm like listing sat on the market for three years, you know, yeah. it's just really, truly just, just keeping the positivity. And again, find, find opportunities, door knock, you know, I'm going back to telling my team yes. door knock, go to the, go, go to the chain, go live on Facebook. I posted something yesterday. I'm like, I'm desperate. And this isn't, you know, this is for another agent on the team. Like I'm desperate to help this family with twins. They're going to be homeless. They have to be out of a rental July 1st. Anybody, two people reached out. Right. I would, I do not want to sell my home, but I would if. for 575,000. Right. Awesome. You know, right. Right. so, you know, I think we have to stop relying on the MLS. We got to put some real work into, uh, into our professions. We got to be, you know, hitting the pavement and finding opportunities and just stay positive. You know, I know it's a lot of running around. It's, it's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of losses happening, but uh, you'll win. Like you just got to keep at it. Yeah. I think it's small wins. And I think we got to leverage, like I said, the buyers, we have an opportunity to leverage 
there's so much buyer need right now or, or needs to be in places that it's the best way to have an off market conversation is, you know, I know you may not be looking to sell now, but what if you're able to get this number or what if you moved it a year closer? Like you got to get in front of people. It's like and the make me move, you know, Zillow, that button that used to be there or I don't know if it's still there. Make me move. Make move. Like what's the number? Like what would make you be able to achieve your dreams of going to the Carolinas? What right. is it? Yeah. And what is it if we did it sooner than later? Right. Exactly. What it Man, there's so many um, cool things I'd love to chat about, but listen, um, we're going to wrap this up, but I, I appreciate so much as just as a mom, as someone who started from scratch, um, love where you live and the culture you built in your team. And I look forward to watching your expansion and I have so many other yeah. questions I want to dive into and just grateful to chat with you today. Really I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you Thank so you. much. It's the best way to reach out to Lindsay. I think your, um, your uh, socials on underneath your tab, but just give it, if someone yeah. wants to reach out and ask you a question, best way to get a hold yeah. of you. They can find me anywhere. Pretty much Lindsay Stevens or Lindsay Eileen Stevens is my handle on Instagram. Um, yeah. If you hit me up, send me a DM. I'll definitely get back in touch with you. DM IG. It's all good. So awesome. Thank you so much for, for being here. Um, we'll catch up with Veronica, hopefully on the next one as well. Um, Sounds we're good. We really appreciate you guys for the Relaunch Live podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. You're welcome. Ella can take us away. You've been listening to the Relaunch Live podcast, helping you rethink, reimagine, and be re-inspired in your life and business. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. Find the show on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and YouTube. See you next time.